With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. three-step program which will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so that you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of a modern compliance officer. It includes a boot camp, 30-day podcast sponsorship series, and in-person training. Interested persons should contact Tom Fox at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Today I have with me Robin View, who is the Director of Strategic Content Development for the NACD and Henry Stevener, the Chief Mark Marketing Officer for the NACD. We take a look at what the NACD does and how the services they can provide can help you uh, upgrade your board of directors. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you back for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, I have a real treat for you and something that I've been wanting to do for some time. I've got... Um, Robin Bue and Henry Stever from the National Association of Corporate Directors, and they are going to visit with us. Henry is the Chief Marketing Officer, and Robin is Director of Content, and they're going to talk to us about the not only what the NACD does and, and what it is and what it does, but more importantly, how it all relates to uh, compliance, the Board of Directors' role in compliance, how the compliance officer relates up to the Board of Directors. So we're going to start what I hope is an ongoing conversation uh, with uh, these folks and the NACD to really help uh, all parties understand how they all interact and move forward the ball of compliance. So with that somewhat long-winded introduction, uh, Robin and Henry, thank you very much for taking the time to visit with me today, and welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Tom. So I was wondering if we could just kind of start with uh, what is the uh, National Association of Corporate Directors? What do you guys do? Who who, who are the members? And, and start with the basics. Sure thing, Tom. I'll kick it off for us. Um, from a grounding perspective, NACD is really what we consider to be the ad advocate for the profession of directorship. Now in its 40th year of business, uh, NACD exists to help uh, corporate directors, i.e. the members of the board of directors, serve and become strategic assets for the board. What that really means is that directors and executives as well who serve that board need to remain aware, re, uh, refresh their knowledge, become more uh, proficient in uh, different skills and competencies, and we help them in that uh, quest to become more knowledgeable through a multimedia suite of practical resources. There's a lot of ways that people can learn or a lot of ways that directors can learn about how to be a better director. NACD is the largest organization in the world focused exclusively on this mission. 
other organizations can engage in this uh, uh, quest to help others learn how to become and be better directors. But NACD has been doing it longer than anybody and is larger than any other organization in the world. So from a who are our members, to your question there, Tom, our members are primarily corporate directors. Uh, corporate directors are members of the board of directors, whether that be a public company, i.e. a company that is uh, listed on, a, on an exchange somewhere in the world, uh, a private company, and a, uh, or, or a nonprofit company. From a segmentation perspective, the majority of the members of NACD are uh, publicly traded companies, and most of those companies currently are in uh, the United States, are listed on, on U.S. exchanges. Um, probably about 80% of our members are public company directors, and the other 20% are pretty much evenly split between large private companies and large nonprofit companies. Um, as well, some of our members are executives who serve the board. So as the board of J.P. Morgan Chase, for example, is a member of NACD, their full board is a member of NACD, as well as several of the executives who uh, support that board. And the reason they join, it's pretty simple, is because these directors are overseeing the financial affairs of corporations. And I use the, co the term corporations kind of broadly, whether you are a public company or a private company or a nonprofit company, that exists, that company exists to serve a mission, uh, serve a purpose, whether it, it, and they all have uh, stakeholders and they need to make sure that they, they oversee those affairs uh, professionally and their fiduciaries. And so the reason and Henry, this is Robin, if I can, if I can just pop in here for a second, I'm glad you, you mentioned the notion of stakeholders because uh, Tom, in addition to uh, the resources, and I know we'll get into it in a little bit, as Henry brought up around uh, education and, and programming and research for our members, one of the other things that we do at NACD is serve as really the director of voice and, and provide a platform to engage in dialogue on board leadership and governance and strategy and other key topics with important stakeholders. That's uh, the investor community, uh, the regulator community. So we are in dialogue and we bring our, our members, the, the director members of NACD together with investors, with regulators uh, on an ongoing basis. And we also represent the voice of the director in comment letters that we'll submit to organizations like the SEC or the PCAOB and so on, on issues that relate to the work of the board. Yeah, thanks, Robin. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of people consider NACD, NACD to be the voice of the director. So to your question, Tom, around why do they join, corporate directors and boards of directors join NACD quite simply to lead with confidence in the boardroom. Expectations and performance of per, uh, performance of directors is at an all-time high. Uh, if you think about 17 years ago, we had the Enron uh, scandal in, in 08. We had uh, the financial issues, um, and so we're about 10 years after that, um, and we have a host of um, challenges confronting us globally. And so there's uh, many, many uh, disruptive forces confronting boards, what, regardless of the company type or the company size or the, the tenure of that company. But boards are there to oversee the financial affairs of the company, and they need to be able to – and they join NACD to help them lead with confidence in the boardroom. 
as Robin mentioned, uh, I was going to say through an integrated suite of multimedia resources, some of them are in-person, some of them are virtual, some of them are written, some of them are digital. At the end of the day, directors come to NACD to deepen their knowledge about critical issues impacting boards. And from my perspective, the outcomes of all of this effort is to create long-term sustainable value for the company. Quite frankly, that is the intended outcome of the board. Uh, we want that company to be around for a long time. Uh, as Robin mentioned, there's a lot of different stakeholders that companies engage with, whether they're institutional investors, whether they're banks, whether it's uh, lenders, whether you have suppliers and vendors. Of course, you have families and employees, which are stakeholders of the, uh, of the enterprise. We also work with regulators in the media, et cetera. So companies have lots of stakeholders that they uh, work through and work with, and NACD helps uh, that board uh, create long-term sustainable value so that all those stakeholders can benefit from the company uh, into, the, into the long future. So that's uh, kind of a long answer to a couple of short questions there, Tom. Hopefully that, hopefully that helped. So let me turn to, I've heard the term, and I know a couple of folks who have um, become fellows. Could you explain what the fellowship path or process is and uh, how someone, why, why someone should consider doing it and how they would uh, work towards it? Sure thing. Thank the NACD fellowship program was created about five years ago with, with one simple mission, to create the world's only director credential that showcases a director's commitment to ongoing learning. That is what it is. It showcases a director's commitment to ongoing learning. Um, there's a lot of tests in the world that profession professionals can take. There is no test at the end of this um, uh, course or curriculum, so to speak, but there is a pathway uh, that directors can choose, and it's kind of like a a master's degree and a bachelor's degree, so to speak, although there's no test involved with our credential. It's really the outcome of a sequence of learning, and you can become a fellow, then you have to also maintain it. And it's basically an hours of engagement-based uh, process, Tom. And institutional investors uh, look to this as a sign, as a signal that directors are awake at the switch and are um, engaged in ongoing learning because you may have been on the board for 10, the last 10 years, but the world has changed. Industry dynamics have changed and you need to make sure investors want to make sure that the directors on that board are kind of awake at the switch and focused forward on that looking overlooking that strategy as opposed to looking in the rear view mirror. So what and, and just to build on that too. So the, the way it, the way it, plays out, Tom, is we've got, Henry alluded to, the really wide range of, of different uh, director learning and educational programs that we offer, some of which are in person, some of which are online multimedia, some of which are custom. In We can bring the education to you within a single boardroom. And it starts with a couple of foundational courses, one of which is for new directors called director professionalism, and we have a range all the way up to what we call the master class program for highly tenured directors. And then from there, as Henry mentioned, folks can then maintain that credential through engaging in some of our other programs, whether they're issue-based. You know, for example, we 
do a day-long program that's focused on cybersecurity oversight and cyber and the board. We also have a big online course around cybersecurity. We have different peer exchange events that happen uh, at the national NACD level and also all around the country is via NACD's 22 chapter. So uh, once you embark on this on this journey, as Henry called it, with the fellowship, uh, members have a lot of different options for how they can the path that they can take to to fill that out and then maintain it as they go, depending on what the requirements of their roles are as directors, what types of boards they sit on, what committees they're sitting on, and so forth. So uh, over the last few years, um, we've had as uh, multiple corporate scandals, and I won't name any of them, but from my perspective, what I continually hear is basically the question of where was the board? And it seems to me that now, and I guess you really didn't even allude to this, Henry, you came right out and said it, there is more pressure on boards to have um, greater visibility, but to actually know the questions to ask. And it, it seems like your organization is trying to give that information and provide that education to uh, its members. And indeed, the corporate community uh, in the form of um, the organization for the profession of directors. Did I get that right? Uh, yes, sir. We, we, I use the word the advocate for the profession of directorship, not to mean that we are a lobbyist, but that we promote uh, the profession of uh, the directorship as a profession. Many c people ask me, well, what do you mean by a profession, Henry? You don't have to take a test to become a director, but you do have to take a test and go to school to become a doctor, a lawyer, an attorney, an accountant, and you have to maintain the, those certain standards. And that is true. There is no test in schooling, so to speak, to become a corporate director. However, we believe that the role of the corporate director is just as important as taking care of somebody's life, if you're a doctor, or overseeing the legal affairs of a company if you're a lawyer or doing an accountant, uh, doing an audit for a firm. But overseeing the financial affairs of a company, that's what the role of the directors is. And if you aggregate all the outputs of companies, that's a thing called the economy. And the economy is driven by employees. Right. And the employees uh, have kids and have grandkids. And at the end of the day, the reason and I'm not preaching about this thing, but I did talk a little bit earlier about long-term value is an outcome of having a high-performing board. That's the reason is because we are here to ensure that companies perform well over time and that if that happens, this thing called the economy does well over time and that the stakeholders of the economy, i.e. you and me and kids, et cetera, do well over time. And that's why it's so important. That is why we consider it a profession that is just as important as a doctor, a lawyer, attorney, a lawyer, or an accountant, et cetera. Boy, that's music. To and, you know, the notion of where was the board, um, I think it's a, it's, it's a question that, as, as you said, Tom, uh, it's being asked a lot. It's being asked by uh, regulators, by investors, by the media, and in an environment where the job of the director, the role, the expectations, the job keeps getting bigger, the agendas are getting fuller, uh, the spotlight is getting brighter. And so one of the things that we try to do at NACD is help directors sort of navigate through that and help prioritize and kind of make sense of 
how can I really equip myself to be a strategic asset, as, as Henry said earlier. And one way that we uh, are, are attempting to do that is via something that we call the director education framework. That's really sort of an organizing principle for all of our you know, the whole suite of content and research and recommendations and tools and programs and webinars and events. It's, it's, it can feel like a, like a daunting array of, 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 of things to, to do and things to know. And so we've put together uh, and we've, we've published this on our website. We've actually said that any organization that wants to get into director education is welcome to adapt it uh, or adopt it, I should say, as long as they uh, cite, cite NACD. But it, it basically talks about four areas of, of core board responsibility, you know, around board governance, structure, and function, around board response, core board responsibilities and activities, shareholder-related considerations, and then emerging issues, you know, those things that are kind of coming out of, uh, coming out of left field, the megatrends, the, the, the new things like cybersecurity. And underneath each of those four areas of responsibility, we've broken that into what are the, what are the important priorities uh, for directors to focus on to make sure that they are uh, equipped to, to do a great job in the boardroom. And that's how we're, we're trying to help members sort of make sense of you know, the fire hose of, of, of information and issues that are out there so they can do their job better. Let me see if I could uh, just change the focus just a little bit and ask you all to uh, talk about the national conference. And let me preface that with, uh, I attend some local NACD meetings here in Houston. And uh, one thing, one topic that is always discussed is the national conference. So I've not been to a national conference, but all I can ascertain or all I can divine from listening to folks talk about it is it must be one heck of a conference. So maybe with that intro, you could describe uh, what it is. Is it for the first time attendee uh, or is it for the, um, you know, the 10 or 15 year board member or is it for everyone in between? Thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, we're very pleased to work as a team and with our external partners to put together what is called now the Global Board Leader Summit. Yes, it used to be called the NACD Annual Conference, but that was about six or seven years ago, and we've evolved the name quite a bit as we have evolved the strategy and the structure around how that program provides benefits. Um, over the course of three days, um, about 1,500 people from around the world will attend, uh, will join us in Washington, D.C. to attend this quote-unquote conference called the Global Board Leaders Summit. And the purpose, quite frankly, is of, of the conference is uh, to translate the unknown to merely the uncertain. Please capture that. Is to translate the unknown to merely the uncertain. That's the name of the game. We want people to walk away from each session saying, wow, I didn't realize it. I didn't know so much about that topic. Now I know a little bit more and I've, that session piqued my interest so that I continue my learning. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the fellowship program. It shows that you are engaged in continuous learning because you, your learning as a director never ends, just like your learning as a doctor never ends and as an attorney, et cetera. And so the purpose here is to translate the unknown to merely the uncertain. From a highlights perspective, 
this year, uh, we've got people like Madeleine Albright, the former Secretary of the State. Uh, we've got uh, Walter Isaacson coming in, who's the, chair, the CEO of uh, Aspen Institute, and over 100 others, uh, fantastic, highly qualified men and women who have led uh, in their respective careers in, in industries, et cetera. We've really shifted the mix from a programming perspective quite a bit over the last couple of years. And through a mix of speakers and programming, and I'll get into the programming diversity in a second here, it has really created the, uh, the outcome is that the NACD Global Board Leader Summit is now the largest event in the world for corporate directors, period. There's a lot of events that go along around the world, um, but this is the largest gathering of directors. And to your question about who attends, it's uh, tenured directors, new directors, aspiring directors, uh, a few executives that serve the board because it's really, really important for people, i.e. for directors, to learn in, con uh, in collaboration with some of their executives they work with. So, for example, if I'm on the audit committee and you, uh, Tom, are uh, our CTO or our CISO, our Chief Information Security Officer, and we're really working together to kind of ensure that our cyber uh, risk oversight uh, programs and strategies are in place, it's good for us to uh, work together. Um, so from a programming perspective, there really is no other uh, program in the world quite like what we put to, what we do. We've looked at all events around the world, and we happen to say, okay, what's working, what's not working, what's new, what's different, and how can we um, provide value that's accretive to the uh, director's experience? One that we started last year that got rave reviews is a Shark Tank-like uh, session. So we can't use that word Shark Tank in our communications written wide because it's trademarked by, uh, by that organization. But we, so we call it Dancing with the Startups and where we, we, uh, across three different, uh, industries, financial services, healthcare, and energy, evaluate, uh, a host of uh, venture stage startup companies. Uh, who are most interesting. We work with a bunch of different partners to help us put them through a filter. At the end of the day, over uh, a short uh, or at the end of the evaluation period, in a, about an hour session, we're going to have, we will have 12 companies spend about five minutes per, uh, per, 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 per company articulating their value proposition to a panel of judges. And uh, the panel of judges will select uh, a winner from each of the three industries, and each winner will get a cash prize, will um, get complimentary services from NACD to help them elevate the performance of their board, et cetera. So that's really, really a great, a great program. The second one is we have a series of TED Talk-like uh, sessions, which are uh, short sound bites, could be 15 to 20 minutes per topic, uh, where people... Uh, come to hear an expert on a specific topic, could be about innovation, could be about geopolitical risk, and a lot of other uh, topics. But they come in and, and kind of lay down the hammer for a quick 20-minute power session. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that companies or that people come, a lot of reasons that people come to the, to the conference. But at the end of the day, they come to learn, they come to meet with, because at the end of the day, Becoming uh, a board member on, on your next board, it's all about two things, Tom. It's about what you know and who you know. <laughs> and the reason people engage with NACD is because we can help you meet people and we can help, you know, I'm going to use the term learn you. We can help you learn. 
Um, and so that's why they come to that's why they come to the summit to learn and to meet. I was wondering now if I might turn to the recently released 2017 Director's Compensation Report. And uh, what was the uh, the purpose or genesis behind this report? And, and could you just maybe uh, give us some of the highlights or teasers? Sure, Tom. Uh, this is a report that NACD has worked with one of our key content partners, Pearl Meyer, the executive compensation firm, uh, on this comes out annually, and we've we've worked on this with them for a number of years. It to give you a little bit of background on on what it does. It takes a look at um, basically publicly available data, so data that comes out in companies' proxy statements, so it's as reported by them, from about 1,400 companies in about 24 industries, and it covers a few different things. It it basically just does some broad-based reporting on trends on things like uh, board pay by industry, by size band, so, you know, small cap, mid cap, large cap, uh, and um, it looks at things like different components of, of director pay. So how is the pay mix changing? Is it changing? What are some of the other uh, parameters around director compensation that, that are in the mix and how they're changing? In terms of some of the main highlights, as I said, we've we've worked with Promire on this report for quite a few years. Uh, we hadn't hadn't seen any big changes in the magnitude of director pay over the last few years. So uh, this year, vis-a-vis last year, we saw a median increase of about three percent overall, and we've been seeing that kind of low to mid single digit level of increases pretty consistently over the last few years. There was a spike in 2009 from the previous year because of stock prices and the stock market recovering after the financial crash, and so that affected equity-based pay. And uh, that, by far, is the biggest component of director pay is uh, equity, mostly in the form of shares that are given in a fixed value award. Um, and that's really, I think, the second thing I'd highlight in terms of a theme as, as you look across what's what's in the report, which is the notion of alignment. And boards and companies are really focusing very heavily on creating alignment in, in the interests of public company directors with long-term value creation and with the interests of shareholders through, through the way they compensate directors. And the way they do that, first off, as I mentioned, is the, the by far biggest component of pay is, in fact, in, in shares. Um, uh, stock ownership guidelines are another key tool that aligns directors' interests with long-term value creation. About two-thirds of, of companies in the, that we studied in the report use them. Eighty percent of companies have some sort of a minimum value of, of stock that directors are required to hold in order to be on the board. And it's a pretty big number. Uh, and then uh, almost a quarter of companies require shares, and it, it most and even higher percentage of larger companies require that shares are held until directors retire, or in some cases even after they retire from the board. Again, that notion of alignment with long-term interests and shareholder interests is key. And then the last thing I'd mention, Tom, is we've we've been seeing a trend, and it, it continues this year to 
sort of look at the role of the director uh, more holistically. Uh, in the course of this conversation, we've talked about the fact that the job is is getting bigger. There are so many issues on the table that directors are looking at in their role, uh, in their oversight role, and in their role as as being uh, advisors and 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 involved in the, the development of strategy. And that we're seeing that a little bit reflected in in way directors are paid, in the sense that uh, committee fees are continuing to sort of slowly decline. So. Companies and boards are, are looking at the notion of, of directorship as this is really an overall retainer for the work that directors are doing, as opposed to we pay you when you show up at meetings and it's sort of a meeting-based fee. So it's really about uh, the job overall that is taking place not only in the boardroom during during the time when directors are, are meeting, but also increasingly outside the boardroom. Our directors are now, you know, we hear from some of our most progressive, highest, you know, highest performing directors at our events talk about the fact that they're going to trade shows. Uh, they're going to, uh, they're, they're listening to the analyst calls of the company's competitors. They're reading the industry, you know, press and, and industry websites and blogs just to get, keep, keep up and, and, and be aware of some of the issues that are, that are happening that might be affecting the you know, company of, you know, on, the, on the board of which they serve. And so all of those, all of those things are sort of a more holistic view of the director job. And again, we're seeing that reflected in, in pay a little bit. Well, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of my listeners wanted additional information on the NACD membership, uh, the, uh, the recently released um, director's compensation report or, or really in, anything that we've talked about, could they, uh, h- how would they do it and where would they go? Uh, Tom, Tom, uh, your listeners, go ahead, go ahead Robin. <laughs> you, you can send an email to research, uh, research at NACD online. That's NACD online.org. So research at NACD online.org. And you can also call our, our main office at 202-775-0509. Ask your question, and uh, the receptionist will uh, direct you accordingly. Sure, and I'd also encourage folks to take a look at, at the main website itself, which is just nacdonline.org. There is a great blog there that covers a lot of interesting emerging and current topics around board leadership issues and governance issues. There's a m- lot more information on the Global Board Leader Summit that Henry talked about. And uh, you can take a look at some of our key resource centers and look at some of the issues and, and topics that we're covering with, with our director members, some of which uh, are open to the public to, to download. Well, guys, thanks very much, and I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. I have two requests of you. The first is if you would rate this podcast, it would definitely help in our rankings and help us get the word out about the top FCPA compliance podcast. Second of all, if you have any questions, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.